Welcome to the Arena Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. I have to say, you know, getting on my knees, I often think, can I get back up? So I might not do that. Um, this series we're on now, um, the, the comeback. So we're looking at Peter today. And Peter had a great story that I think, you know, Peter for me was an impetuous man. He was a fisherman. I think he was given to his emotions. I think he could be forthright probably both his feet were in his mouth most of the time he just said things because that's how he did things and so I want to bring bring a couple of things up really today as we see the great comeback and um, you know one of the things we haven't got notes up so you know I apologize for that so we're just gonna have to run through it but get used to your bible I love my bible because I know where everything is it's no different to any other bible but I use it so much that I just know where things are And we've got to get familiar with our Bible and the Word of God again because it's important to us. This is everything that we need in our life, the Word that stimulates us. So I'm going to take it from Mark 14 and um, 29 to 31. And it says that Peter declared, even if all fall away, I will not. I tell you the truth, Jesus answered, today, yes, tonight, before the cock crows twice, you yourself will disown me three times. But Peter insisted emphatically, even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. And all the others said the same. Now, Peter was given to emotions. And uh, one of the things that, you know, fascinates me over probably 20 years is, is people's speech and how we communicate and why we communicate. And um, one of the things that kind of struck me straight away is, is we make promises make them all the time we make them to God we make them to family we make them to friends we make them to the people we love and sometimes even the people we work with words have power in them for good and for bad for life and for death and um, one of the things that kind of has always fascinated me and particularly when I think about my own life back through the things I've said to God during times when in the heat of worship and the heat of going on and and caught up in the moment I have made promises that I can't fulfill I've said things not out of a rational mind but out of an emotional mind and emotions are something we all have to deal with Um, now the Bible talks about the tongue and, and in James chapter 3 it's a very powerful piece of a chapter about the power of the tongue and it says quite simply likewise the tongue is a small part of the body but it makes great boasts this little tongue can set forests on fire this little tongue can destroy marriages this little tongue can destroy friendships this little tongue can bless and it can curse and the bible says if we can control this we've controlled a great thing because it's the thing we have to do so the emotions Peter was a a man of emotions I I do think that lots of people speak before they think they engage mouth before brain they don't think of the consequences that will come through it and and when we speak something out you know sometimes I I, I think I wish I could take it back I could get it and get it back in my mouth because it's come out too quick and I've said you know things that perhaps I shouldn't have said because I've not stopped and thought I've been quick in talking and I've been a counsellor for 
20 years and that, you know, part of the counseling skill is to listen. That's the best way to talk is to listen. We have two ears, one mouth. I know all these things, but when my emotions get involved, I go off. You know, I'm very good with other people. I can be rational with them, but, but things that affect me, my family and, and things, get inside me. And sometimes the reactions are not the ones I want. There's, there's, sometimes I say things with the best intent, but actually they come out of my emotions. They've not come out of stopping thinking and actually moving on that, which is what I should be doing. You know, my mum used to say to me, you know, be quick with your actions and repent in leisure. And uh, she said a lot of things to me that over the years I've had to go back and think there was a lot of sense in what she said to me. At the time, it's no sense at all. didn't pay any attention to her. But I do come back to that and think, you know, what she said was really a thing. The problem with emotions is they are great servants, bad masters. If we run with our emotions and you become an emotional people, and people like some are passionate person, and I love passionate people, but actually if we run with those things, you'll be on a roller coaster for the rest of your life. You'll be up and down and you'll be thinking all the time about what I said, how I said it, who I said it to, what did it mean, how did they affect them, what's going on now. And actually, when we're running with our emotions, we can promise what we can't deliver and we can deny what we can. Sometimes when we've said things, we refuse to do other things because we let them begin to rule us. Peter made promises all in the right sense. He meant them. But Jesus said, I know you. I know you're going to deny me. Peter said, I will never, 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 never do that. And of course, we know pretty well a lot of times we make promises that we are not going to be able to keep. And of course, once we've got emotions, and this runs through people because I've worked with people and listened to them talk a lot, then we have the realisation, the reality of what we said. You have now got to match your, your talk with your walk. You've got to fulfil what you said because that's the part now where you've said something, you're going to have to stick with it. So on a Sunday, it's easy to promise God. On a Monday, we renegotiate terms with God because actually there's other things come in. At the moment, we were emotional. We felt we wanted to do it and we wanted to go and serve and be. But actually on Monday morning in the cold light of day, we have to say, God, I might have been a bit hasty with that. I have to think this through because can I really do this? Um, Realisation comes to us when we have to own up to what we've said. In Mark 14, 66 to 71, I'm not going to read all these. And if you've got a Bible, please go there and read this through this piece of scripture. Um, it's a piece where, where, where Peter disowns Christ. Christ has been arrested. He's now being tried. And if you read through the story, it's all done very, very quickly. When people had the Passover, they, they had a celebration in the evening and didn't generally get up quite late. Well, by the time they got up, Christ was already being crucified. So it wasn't that this was a long thing. They pushed it through very quickly because they wanted him to die. And so they pushed it through. So Peter's in, in, in now in a, in a court, courtyard and, and Christ is, is going before him. He's by a bonfire and he disowns him three times. And each time, more emphatically, he denies him to the point of even swearing that he didn't know Jesus at all. And so emphatically he said, I'll never leave you. Emphatically he said, I didn't ever know you. And so the realisation is that as we begin to do that, we have to begin to realise that we're going to be 
honest, honourable with our words. The Bible says that your yes be yes and your no be no. Swear nothing under heaven and earth. And what is, God knows us so well. He knows how, what we say and how we feel and what we're doing. And Peter is, a, is for me, one of those that really epitomises the emotional side of, of what we say. Do you know, for me, when I've made promises to God and other people, I can quickly find excuses for not doing what I said. Oh, I didn't really mean that. Oh, I'm too busy. Oh, you know, I, I don't know if I can make, you know, I misunderstood what you said. I, I, you know, and texts are great because you can just not, not answer them at all. And um, so we can click those off. We don't have to, you know, we're not face to face with people. But straight after realisation, really when we got through the denying and blaming and looking to shift the, the attention away from us, um, we have to come to the place of owning up this is between you and God. It was between Peter and God. And uh, I think it comes to the remorse that we all feel when we've said things and promised things that we can't fulfill. Peter made promises to Jesus. He saw Jesus look at him, the cock crowed twice, the second time, and he saw him. And he knew, he knew that the person he loved and he promised he'd let down. And often, you know, in the things, and this is in our family as well, sometimes we've said things to people and we know, we know that we've let them down, we know that we've pained, we know inside, this is in our hearts, this is not something other than now, it's personal, inside. And this is what it says in Mark 14, in, seven, in, in 72, verse 72, in the Passion Translation, which I think is coming more and more in now, and it said that when Christ had gone past, looked him in the eye and moved on, that Peter, with his heart shattered, Peter broke down and sobbed with bitter tears. Have you ever been there where you, you've, you've just felt your world's fallen in? You've got nowhere else to go. You feel alone. You feel, you feel that no one can console you. There's nothing... There's nowhere to, to go. There's, there's no way back. You, you don't know what to do. You're just, you're just bereft of everything. And at that moment, when, when, you are, when you are sobbing and crying tears that are not just a normal tears, these are gut-wrenching tears. This is the inside of you now coming out. You just know everything in you is just crying in, in pain and bitterness. And I've seen people like that. And it's inconsolable. You know, people just, just don't know. And there doesn't seem to be a way back for them. And um, I don't know if you've ever been there. Most people have. At some point, they've said something. They've realised that they can't do what they said. Or they've said things in, in nastiness and in, in spite. And they can't change it. And then comes the remorse to think, the consequences of what I said are now coming to me. And Peter realised the things he promised that he knew now he'd let God down and now the remorse came. And of course for some of us, when that remorse kicks in, either we are forced into a place of sorrow, such sorrow that we're forced to repentance, or it takes us to anger and malice and hatred and spite. Depending on the choices you make, every choice you make is so important. Now, have you ever thought about this? You know, we talk a lot about spiritual warfare, but every choice you make takes you to God or away from God. 
every choice you make. And some people I work with, particularly with addictions, have made choice after choice after choice that have led them so far away from where they started, they didn't even know how they got there. But it was one choice after another, one decision after another, one word after another. The Bible tells us to guard our mouth because what comes out of here, the Bible says, is the overflow of the heart. And we have to learn to take care of our heart. And we have to learn the words we speak have power. They're not careless, wasted, stupid things. They carry power with them. And so Peter came to that place of realisation that he was now lost. He had nowhere else to go at all. He didn't know what to do. The one thing he had now had gone away from him. But do you know, at that moment, God's not finished with you. God's just started with you. He often has to get us to a place where we are broken and emptied to begin to work with us. Because we're so full of ourselves sometimes, we, we can't work with God. Because we, we have too many answers for him. And so, for Peter, he came to the place and, um, of, of now a new season in his life. He, he'd, he'd even thought about going back to fishing because we go back to what we know. We go to do what we've always done because that's what we do. When everything else has gone away, we just try and clutch to what we can possibly do. But the scripture goes on for me and, and really for me in, in John 21, 15 to 18 is, is a kind of part where Jesus has now meeting on, on the seashore and he's cooking a meal for the disciples who are fishing again and he calls them in for a meal. And um, I'm not going to read all these for you because it, it takes too much time. Well, I will read this one because it's an important part one. Um, so John 21, and it says, when they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Now, what Jesus is saying at that moment, he's saying, because if you go back to the original thing, it says, Peter said, I won't disown you, emphatically, and the others stood up. So Jesus is making two statements here. He's saying, do you love me more than they love me? And number two, do you love me more than the fishing and the things you've gone back to? Do you, do you love me? So he's making some statements to Peter as he's going through. And Jesus said to him, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. Then the third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. Now, it's, an in, it's a really interesting piece of scripture and we can't get into it, but the three things he says, says to him about lambs, little sheep and sheep are all very profound. But we're not going to go there this morning because I want to go to the three things. Peter denied Christ three times and Christ asked him three times. Jesus asked him three times, do you love me? The first time it was a Philippine, it was the emotional feely love. The second time it was a bit more intense. Do you really love me? Do you, do you really love me this morning? You know, and what he's trying to get to us is, is to, to get us to understand it's not just about feelings, it involves will. So the third time he asked him, it's actually an intention now. Do you love me with all your heart, with all your soul, with mind, mind and strength? Do you love me? Do you love me with your will? 
Do you love me with everything about you? Do you love me at this level? And Peter said, of course I love you. And Jesus said, feed my sheep, the lost sheep of Israel. And so rather than go back to him, as I would go back to people and say, mate, you just, you just let me down. Do you know? You were there, you're supposed to be there for me. You didn't do it for me. You didn't say the things. You didn't keep the promises you made. I would be very much pushing people and making them aware of how much they'd let me down. Jesus didn't do that. He cooked a meal for him and actually he spoke about the future, not the past. He didn't say all the things you said and you didn't do. He said all the things that you can do. He found forgiveness. Jesus forgives forgives you, he forgives me. With all the careless words and the nasty and spiteful things I do, Jesus is quick to forgive and he's quick to forgive you today. He doesn't want you to stay in remorse. He wants you to stay in, in forgiveness. He wants you to know that he has forgiven you. He wants you to know that when you are forgiven, you have to live in forgiveness. I work with so many people who, who cannot accept they are forgiven. They, they can accept other people are forgiven, but they cannot accept they're forgiven themselves and therefore they don't live in the freedom it brings to them. They're always caught in trying to prove that they're worthy to be forgiven. And the truth, friends, is God loves you and that's the only reason you're forgiven. Not because you did anything, you earned anything, you worked anything, because you can't. It's the grace of God so that we can't boast about our works and so if we don't know that we're forgiven, we can't live in freedom. I want to say to you, this is so important because so many people live in bondage because they refuse to allow themselves to be forgiven. They punish themselves continually. They continually come to the point of having to prove that they actually are forgiven. You are. If you come to that place and you ask Jesus, he forgives you. So number one, Jesus forgave Peter he didn't condemn him he didn't chastise him he didn't take him backwards he said to him Peter you're forgiven and you actually have a future how many of us want that not to kind of think I've, 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 I've kind of burnt all my ships now I've got nowhere to go I've, I've lost it all it's all gone you know I've got nothing left God never leaves you there he always starts there but he will always take you on and say you have a future in me Number two, Jesus reinstates in verse 15 to 16. Jesus invited him to be a part of. One of the things that people really suffer with is, is, is to belong. People are lonely. People don't know what it's to, it feels like to be accepted and brought in. They live on the outside looking in. They don't know how to belong to something. And they, and they desire it so much. They do incredible things to do that. But actually with, with Jesus, he called Peter back and said, you're not only forgiven, but you're reinstated. I have a plan for you. Do you know, if we don't get to this point, love always grows if we allow it to and put uh, the soil down to allow this go in. But also there's hate. If you, you're going to go one way or the other, you'll either allow forgiveness and the fact that you belong and you're accepted to begin to work in you or otherwise you'll refuse to accept you're accepted and it will turn to bitterness and resentment and hatred. People always go the same ways. And so not only did he say you're reinstated, he said you're recommissioned. 
When he first met him on the seashore, he said, you know, Peter, leave your nets. I'm going to make you a fisherman. He commissioned him. Peter, when he denied him, almost gave that all away. He almost felt like he'd lost his purpose and lost his way. But, but we never do. God never wastes anything. He doesn't waste any of your tears. He doesn't waste anything that you do. He always uses everything to fulfill his purposes. And he's always working and he will complete the thing he set out to do. So he recommissions him and says, go out and reach the lambs, the little sheep and the sheep. Go out and reach the lost, the lonely and the hurting. Go out and, and gather the flock and pass them. And then Jesus equips and he releases. And for me, this whole story of comeback for Peter when he first met Christ to denying him to actually being brought back to a place of God beginning to really use him is an incredible comeback. And one that affects you and me because I know without being uh, uh, too clever that you've made promises that you've not kept and you've said things that you shouldn't have said and you've hurt people that you wish you hadn't. And sometimes you're in a place where you don't know how to get those back. And some people you don't know how to let go. You can keep punishing people for the rest of your life but that isn't going to help them or you. In actual fact, it damages you more than them. So he, he equips and releases. Now Jesus said to him, go to Jerusalem and wait. Wait in Jerusalem for the gift of the Holy Spirit that's going to come. And so Peter went back and with the other disciples, he waited for the gift of the Holy Spirit. And Acts 1 tells us all about the fact they were waiting and the Holy Spirit came, gushed in the winds and the fire was on their heads and, and, and God empowered them with the Holy Spirit. Um, to be able to work the things he said. God's got good works for you prepared before you're even born for you to do. He's got a story for you. He's got a new chapter that's being written. He wants you to now move out into what he has already got for you. He's already prepared them for you. Now he wants you to move into them. People stop so quickly. They don't fulfill what God's called them to. They say, oh, I don't have it. I can't do it. I've got enough. It's not true. God has commissioned you and called you and purposed you for great things. You'll not even scratch the surface what God's got for you. He has got great exploits for you to do, great adventures for you to go on, great things for you to achieve. He's put greatness over your life, but sometimes we refuse to accept it. But Jesus not only called them, not only forgave them, not only reinstated them, not only commissioned them, he equipped them for the task ahead and then he released them. And this is for me in Acts 2.14 is, is the story of Peter. Acts 2.14.41 says, um, after this incredible thing, there's crowds outside, they're coming into Jerusalem and Peter and the disciples had gone back to, to Jerusalem to wait on this gift. And it says then Peter, now empowered by the Holy Spirit, stood up with the 11, raised his voice, and addressed the crowd. This same voice that had denied Christ was now speaking out the word of God to people. And it goes on into verse 41 and it says, those who accepted the message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. He'd gone from a person who denied Christ, somebody that had laid everything down, to now somebody who was preaching powerfully the message of God to people whose lives were being transformed. Do you know, for me, Peter could have gone so differently. He could have chosen such a different path 
because he could have made bad decisions on top of what he'd already done. But God didn't intend any of us to go there. He didn't intend any of us to keep going down that path. He made provision for us in the forgiveness of Christ that we should once again know forgiveness and know the empowerment of the Holy Spirit to, to, to be set free. And part of my life, you know, in 20 years of counseling is to, is to see people set free. Set free from all the restrictions and bondages they put on themselves. Set free from all the things they've, they've kept in their hearts that have just began to eat them away from the inside out. One of the things I love most is to see people set free. To be free indeed. Because that's where God intended you to live. In the abundance of life. He wants you to live in the abundance of life, not in the restrictions of other places often we find ourselves. And so for me, Peter, the great comeback of Peter was he went from denying to accepting. His voice that was used to, to deny and condemn was actually being used to preach the gospel of good news. 3,000 people were added that day. Do you know, God wants to use you and me you know, not because we're special or anything else, because we're willing. Because when God empties us of ourselves, we're valuable to him. When we're full of ourselves, we only see ourselves. Now please understand me when I'm saying these things. I'm saying because God wants to use you and he's trying to move the things that are stopping you from being useful to him. He's trying to get you to a place of saying, here I am, wholly available for serving you. Here I am today. All the things you did in the past, when you bring them to Christ, are forgiven. You're set free from those things so that you can become everything God intended you to be. Everything he intended you to be. I hope not that I can see that you'll get a bit excited by some of this because he has called you to far more than you have ever experienced at this point. So, as we come to him, remorse brings us to repentance. That's the steps it takes us to, that we will find God's forgiveness, be healed and restored, be accepted, commissioned, no longer bound by the past. Please, I want you to be free of your past today and I already know some of you are not. You're still bound by things you've said, things you've done. They're still holding you to this day that you can't let go of them. Today is the day you need to let go of these things. You need to let God reinvigorate your spirit, re-energise you with everything he's got. Find the forgiveness that you need in your life to set you free, to be accepted, to be the person you were meant to be so today I'm hoping as we look at Peter that we begin to realize this story is my story as well you might not have physically been in that place where you denied Christ but the truth is I think we've all done it am I the only one well I don't you know I can only say I've done it a number of times and I, I genuinely have been brought to a place of remorse in my own life because I know I've done it I've said things, and I know Megan and Jeanette, they think I'm stubborn, and uh, I say things to them. And, and, and I do genuinely, um, 
you, you know, you can always ask your, your, your wife or your, your children truly about who you are because they know they have to live with me. So I can stand up here and say whatever I want, but the truth is I know I do this more than I ever should and I say things I wish I'd never said because of the heat of the moment, I let my emotions get on top of me and rather than pour water on it, I pour more petrol. I know, I know all this stuff. It's not as I don't know it, I still do it. And I, and I wish I didn't, but I do because my emotions get hold of me. And, and, and just something goes. You know, even though bulls are colorblind, we say, you know, a red rag to a bull. I mean, there's nothing about the red, it's a rag that you're flashing that they don't like. I'm like that most of, you know, I know I can do it. I know when I'm speaking to myself today because I know I take myself into bondage. I do, I've done it again. How can I be forgiven? How can I do, I know all that stuff goes on, but the truth is, he forgives you. He forgives you and you've got to accept it and move on from there. This is a piece of scripture that we, um, we started with the whole thing and it says, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry on to completion and to the day of Jesus Christ. He's not giving up on you. He will complete the work he set out in you. And for some of it, it's a bit tougher. But, you know, any builder will know if you can't get the foundations down, you're not building anything. And so what he's doing with us, he's getting us and preparing us for great things. Do you really believe any of this today? Do you? Some of us are. Because it's true. You are far and way below what God intended you to do. And what he's trying to get us to do is begin to realise like Peter, Peter was faced with himself, only himself, and he realised that actually he needed Christ's forgiveness. He needed to come back. If we'll come back to that place, this adventure of life begins to open up in front of us to all of the things that God could do in us. So let's pray. We come to the end. I mean, uh, I do have a little clock up here telling me.